0: community, what's up? Happy February. Welcome to episode 110 of the Philo podcast. Our goal here is to help you become more effective so that your church can be more effective. And we do this through everything that we do, this podcast, Philo cohorts, our book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, and the Philo conference. And speaking of the Philo conference, the price changes at midnight central time today. February 12th. So if you're listening to this sometime in the future, not true anymore, but for those of you in the present moment, today is the day. So grab the cheapest tickets now for you and your whole team. The dates are May 7th and 8th at Willow Creek Church in Chicagoland area, and it's going to be a good one this year. You can check out our website to see all the details and the faculty we've gathered together to help you become more effective at the very specific skills that we need to do our jobs as technical artists and also just who you're going to be inspired by in the main session. So as a listener to this podcast, you can use the code podcast10, that's lowercase podcast and the number 1010 and you'll get 10% off any ticket type. So in person, group tickets or online. And when you come, you're going to be joined by people from all over the world, both in person and online. And just me, from my experience visiting churches around the world, Being in follow cohorts with people from all different countries, the challenges we face are all the same everywhere. Doesn't matter your church size or your budget or your geographical location, we all face similar challenges. And I can't wait personally to see my friends, Albin and Johan from Sweden or Wyatt from Topeka or Alberti from the Dominican Republic. We even have a group from Tanzania who's coming in person this year. Now, many of you know that Philo became a not-for-profit organization in 2023, and a big reason why was to reach people like I just listed, people from all over the world. And as Philo continued to grow, we needed to invite others to join us in helping to resource technical artists from every corner of the world. As I said before, technical artists like you and me, but they don't have access to skill development and community and inspiration that Philo provides. I know that not everybody listening to this is in a position to join us, like with some kind of huge, giant financial gift. But I think for many of us, you know, we could maybe forego a coffee run once or twice a month to be able to spend that money on something that has the potential to have life-changing and long-lasting impact on the lives of technical artists who need to be encouraged that what they do matters, and more than that, that they matter. I know that some of you can afford more than the price of two coffees a month, and for you, I would ask you to join me personally and consider investing in what God is doing through Philo. For me, since Philo began, I've been building a production company with the idea that a A lot of the profits that come from that can help to support the mission of philo and i'm not stopping now but i also can't keep doing it alone and so whatever category you find yourself in you can go to philo.org donate to begin investing in making the local church more effective by helping technical artists become more effective and for those of you who god isn't speaking to now thanks for listening for those of you who don't feel moved to give that's fine thanks for your patience and now we'll move on to the rest of the podcast Okay, our guest today is joining us at Philo 2024 as a main session speaker, Trey McKnight. He's an event host, a speaker, executive coach, and the president of the youth movement Big Stuff Ministries. And he has a really interesting background, and we had a really good conversation. So let's check it out. Hey, Trey. Hey, Todd, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks for being on the podcast. I'm just excited to have you join the Philo community this year. Thanks for making some time to be with us today.
1: Absolutely, man. We've we've tried for a couple of years now for this to happen yeah, yeah. and I was really grateful that schedule allowed it and and I'll be able to to jump in with you guys for the conference. I I come from a little bit of a of a tech background myself. Okay. Not in any way that could speak to any knowledge yeah. <laughs> anyway but i have like just enough understanding to get myself hurt yeah yeah so so yeah so i'm i'm really excited to get to know the audience and uh, get to know you guys and and get to jump in and see what you guys are doing
0: yeah sweet just to dig into that a little bit tell a little bit about what you do now and then mm-hmm. your story of how you got there
1: yeah so what i do now a couple different things i say different but uh, to me Not everybody understands this, but to me, they're all intertwined and connected. So kind of the two big things that if I were to put on a you know, billboard or on my LinkedIn. I am an executive coach with an organization called Novus Global. We serve entrepreneurs, CEOs, teams, professional athletes, entertainers, basically anybody and everybody that would consider themselves a high performer, people who have done amazing things in life. We work with them to help them explore capability and move toward what they've probably underestimated as their capability. We find that, you know, very often people move into what we call meta performance. And so really cool to get to sit one-on-one and get to sit with teams in doing that. And then I also am the president at Big Stuff Ministries, worked with Big Stuff. We do Christian summer camps down at Panama City Beach every summer.
0: Panama City. pre
1: COVID, we were seeing 13,000 students a year uh, at the location. You know, obviously COVID changed things. And so Mm -hmm. we're still in a process of kind of rebuilding whatever that's going to look like moving forward. I think we'll see somewhere in the ballpark of 6,000 students this this coming summer down in Panama City. And uh, yeah, I can lead the team there.
0: All right. Nice. So, so yeah. How did you get from knowing a little bit about technology to being the president of a company and a executive coach?
1: Yeah. So I have joked with people to say that I have never been like, you know, like, oh, he's really good at that thing. You know, I've kind of always been like a jack of many trades, master of none. And so that really, for me has come, Mm -hmm. I think both in a sense of curiosity, My entire life, I've always just been like, I kind of see the shiny thing. I'm like, that looks cool. Let's go do that, you know? (laughs) And so I just tried a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, that gave me a lot of, I think, experiences, a lot of, you know, opportunities to just explore and just kind of figure out what it is that I'm really passionate about. So, so yeah, I, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but yeah, um, all the way yeah. university of Georgia grad, <laughs> Ooh, go dogs
0: yeah, or <laughs> um, <laughs> Eagle. Yeah. Had to throw that
1: in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, yeah, I graduated in 2002 and then I was a firefighter actually for 10 years here okay. in Georgia. Wow, and while I was doing that, was kind of the time that I was discovering, you know, different things. So I spent time as a flower delivery driver. I spent time as a worship leader, as a, a student pastor, as an actor, as an MC and host, which has furthered into my time with, you know, Global Leadership Network and a lot of other networks that I've worked with. Ultimately, uh, I think going through those things and that exploration, what I discovered about myself is that I was really passionate about inspiring people to move toward what matters. And so in kind of landing on a, a statement, which was guided by some really strong people in my life who said, hey, you need to develop a you know a life mission statement. Like, why do you think you're here? What do you believe you're here for? And so through lots of conversation, lots of prayer, lots of just ways of thinking and all that, I kind of landed on that. Like, I want to inspire people to move toward what matters for them in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was kind of some dancing around, like, well, do I want to be a life coach? Do I want to be? And I never really liked that. You know, I never really liked that. But I knew I wanted to be in leadership of some sort. And so uh, really just kind of Took steps into different opportunities, and and there were you know growing leadership opportunities that eventually landed me in the the leadership position at Big Stuff over the last five or six years, and then got connected with Novus Global a couple of years ago. Okay, and have really enjoyed getting to sit one on one with people again and with teams to really sit in that work. And so for me, they inform each other. Sure, okay. The leadership aspect, it's nice to be able to relate to a, you know a leader who I'm sitting across from, or you know somebody right, right. who's who's moving toward you know greater capability in their life. And, and apply those things. Uh, and then also, you know, as a coach, to be able to apply that to the teams that I get to lead and right, right. everything that we do. And so my, my technical background comes from during that exploration time, yeah, yeah. I served on camera teams. I I, at a very early age in high school uh, worked with uh, you know a band basically a garage band that became something a little bit bigger, and so I learned all the audio things that were there. Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, at one point had had thought about going to Full Sail Academy down in Florida. I was Uh thinking I want to be an audio engineer, you know, and uh, I worked at a studio for a day. (laughs) <laughs> a recording studio in Atlanta. <laughs> it, another story we don't have to to visit right now, but um anyway, there's just always been an interest and even some involvement with with audio, with video, not a lot with lighting, uh, any of that kind of stuff, but sure. um, yeah, just yeah. I, I have a have a pretty strong understanding of production world just based yeah, yeah. off experiences
0: that I've done. Even just being responsible for a giant event for, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of kids, I mean, that requires some level of maybe not the, the nitty gritty details of production, but people have got to be able to hear this and see it and absolutely have a great time. And yep. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's one thing that we, I think at big stuff hold uh, with high value is that, you know, you can, you can do an event with, with nothing, right. You can, you yeah, can yeah. pull off an event with, you know, if it, if it requires music with, you know, a guy or a girl and a guitar on a stage and and not much else other than projection but you know, for us we we value very highly the ability to create a wow experience, but okay. a wow experience in a way that stands out of the way of distraction. Right. Oh, and so very yeah. often that distraction means that everything has to be done with excellence. And you know, obviously we create excellence not only from the production, you know, flow that we have, but then also just with the the quality of equipment that we use and all of those things that are involved. And so so yeah, we we hold that with high value and uh, like I said, I, I know enough to know what we need. Yeah, yeah. It's people in this community who make it happen and do such an incredible job with it. So
0: Yeah. From the outside looking in, I I haven't been to one of your events, but if I were to watch something on YouTube, I could imagine that I would see something that, you know, oh gosh, I could do that at my church or, you know, or, you know, if I could only do that at my church kind of a thing. I'm thinking about the passion conference that just happened. And I've seen a lot of conversations about the giant cross they had, you know, how did they do that? And I need, we need to get one of those or whatever. And the thing that always is so such an easy disconnect for people like me or, you know, in the Philo community is doing cool production for the sake of it versus it's supporting an idea that is thoughtful and meaningful and not just for no reason. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We actually, just this
1: past week, we met with our our new production partner that we're going to be partnering with this year. And one thing that immediately I love about them is that they're in full alignment with everything that you're saying. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they do production, right? That's the thing that they do. And they very well could say, Hey, I can throw all of these, you know, movers at you and I can get you this and we can do that. But they started with, Hey, what's, what's the vision for what it is that you're creating. Right. And so we're starting with content. And what's the content that we want to create in these seven sessions that we want to go with? Now, how can what we have on stage visually, what we hear, what we see, what we experience, complement that thing, right? Like how can yeah. we just kind of like, like zero in on the, the core of the message and then build things around it to expand sure. that message so that it's a complement rather than, a, oh, the production is just high production. And, oh, we've got a few little tidbits we want to throw at you too, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. For you planning an event that's happening once a year or however often it is happening, you know, we all see social media and people doing bigger and bigger things and, you know, more spectacular. How do you view your responsibility for the event based on like, not necessarily just bigger and better, Mm -hmm. but how do you rein that in? Because I don't know that anybody can afford, I'm thinking about, you know, the people listening who are doing Christmases and Easter's and- you know, every year and trying to well, it's gotta be better than last year. It's gotta yeah. be bigger than last year. And yeah. so how do you regulate that, you know, in your own situation? So we a year
1: ago, our team at Big Stuff stepped into it and we collectively decided that with the theme for the year was, I know that, you know, like the hashtag, you know, saying things yeah, has yeah. kind of gone out, but like we kind of we kind of coined the phrase like hashtag break everything. And okay. and the the mentality behind that was, and still is, let's not keep doing the same thing that we've been doing just because it's worked and we, and it's what we've been doing. Right. Yeah. Which I think is a different conversation than, all right, how can we make it bigger? Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, but I think there's something even really thoughtful about the idea of, Hey, just because we've done it in the past doesn't mean we need to keep doing right. it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, a, it's an invitation I think
1: to, to explore again, like what's possible for us. Cause if yeah. we keep that, like, if we keep doing the same thing we've been doing, Right? Like in our situation, the cookie cutter. Hey, here's what our sessions look like. We're going to have like high energy, you know, something like, you know, some kind of secular song that we're going to bring them in with. And, you know, like all the lights and flashing and getting their face and all that. And then the host is going to come up and have a lot of high energy or whatever. And then we're going to go into three songs of worship. And then we're going to go out of that. And there's going to be a transition moment into the speaker. And then the speaker's going to go for 35 minutes, though we know it's probably going to be like 38 or 39, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then we might follow that up with a response song. And then we'll send them out to their small groups. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's on the whole, like that has worked for a very long time. Sure. Yeah. Not knocking it at all. Right. right, For sure. But what it invited us into was like, if we keep doing that same thing, are we limiting ourselves from doing something that could be more powerful? Right. 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 Or are we doing something that, that we think is working, but maybe isn't working as well as we want it to. So let's be willing to step outside that. And so to answer your question, I guess more, more concretely, to to get out of the hey let's just do it bigger and better i think one of the one of the coolest things that we've seen was to take a risk and go the complete opposite direction yeah and so this past year that. we took one session and we said hey let's surprise them with doing something in the round on the floor no stage We brought in a bunch of like lights and kind of like just kind of a warmer environment and literally just completely changed the whole landscape of what we did in the room. And I Uh was nervous, you know, (laughs) because like, I'm like, man, are the people in the back even going to be able to see, like we're going to be able to do that. And I'll tell you, Todd, the thing, like the goodness that came out of that and the feedback that we got from all of our student pastors and our students was this was one of the best sessions I've ever had. Right. And so that was an affirmation for me and for our team that, it doesn't always have to be bigger,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. just
1: has to be with a willingness to say, "Hey, you know." In a lot of ways, like in, in ministry world, like where's the spirit moving us, right? Right. And then just in general, like how can we do something that will speak to what it is that we want to say right now, or what we feel like right. needs to happen in the room, and then run with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's so easy, you know, you're doing something once a year for a lot of us in the church. We're doing it every week. We're doing right. something and it's so easy just coming. to get in the rut of like three songs, yeah. you know, with a verbal in between songs two and three mm-hmm. and then announcements. <laughs> and, you know, part of it is we understand it where it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. I can be on autopilot to some degree, yeah. but I think it robs us and maybe even our congregations of the opportunity that if we're thinking thoughtful and like this is what God's speaking to us in this moment and we want to share it with yeah. with the congregation that yeah that's where life change is happening, yeah. not in the hey, you know, we're just cooker cutting this thing out because right. because we can't we know how to do it.
1: Yeah. 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 I am growing in this and a lot of this has come from my coaching experience and even just the the way that, you know, every, every one of our coaches, we're not only our coaches, but we are coached within our community. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things that I have in a growing way become a huge proponent of is that like comfort will kill. Yeah. Right. Like if we lean on what's comfortable, if we're unwilling to take a risk on something calculated risk, right. Yeah, Yeah. You don't want to just try stuff just to try stuff and, you know, and then you alienate people. But if we're willing to take a calculated risk, and approach it with the mindset of something's going to happen. Yeah, right? Like we <laughs> yeah. can get still bogged yeah. down with, well, what if this, and what if that, and what if, ah, you know, and this is going to yeah, mess yeah. up. And again, pay attention to the things that are potential. That's like, are you willing to deal with the potential fallout of whatever you've changed or the risk that you're taking? Right? Right, right. But if you're willing to be okay with that and just say, Hey, something's going to happen. And at the end of this, we'll have more data. It yeah. may not necessarily be a fail, it may not necessarily be a success. It may be a, did it work or did it not? And yeah, then we yeah. have data and we can take that and apply it to the next risk that we wanna take. And before long, you'll find something that works better
0: than you ever thought it would. Yeah, the thing that is so interesting about being a production person is that, especially in the in the church, that normally the only time I'm getting any kind of feedback from people on how it's going is when it's not going well. Right. And so I end up creating a world that, exists with the least possible chance for something going wrong because uh-huh. I, I don't want to have that conversation again. So yep. then what ends up happening is I'm risk averse. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm afraid to take a chance. Yep. I feel like there's no room for mistakes. Yep. And I think part of the thing that I realized along the way was to have conversations with people who were asking to do something different to mm-hmm. say, hey, I think this might not work. Yeah if we can own it together yep. that it's not working, then let's let's sure. go ahead and do it. Yeah. But instead I would just kind of take all the responsibility for myself and just say, no, we can't do that. Yeah. And it's not that we can't do it, it's just that it might fail and that's on me. And sure. that feels like failure, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, you know, and I'm so glad you said that because there's like, imagine
1: what, what it would look like. This is in production world, this is in leadership world, this is with families, this is, you know, Cultures in different workplaces. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been a part of ministry world for a long time. I've worked on staff with churches for a long time. In in really every different arena, I've seen every different environment that you can see. You know, since the word mm-hmm. environment was created when it came to church. You know, years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, right. Yeah. But it, like, imagine what it would look like if we created within our environments, within our churches, within our our work cultures, an open culture that allows for feedback, right? Yeah. Like when I know that I could come to you, Todd, and say, hey, like, what if we did this? And that there's an openness there to say, yeah, let's, let's consider it, right? And me yeah. knowing that you have the ability to say, nah, I don't think so, right? Yeah, right. Or you could yeah. say yes, and something great could happen. You know? Yeah. Like imagine how amazing it would be if we created these cultures that were fostering open feedback amongst all of the stakeholders yeah. amongst everybody yeah. that was involved like just what we could do collectively like how we would have each other's backs yeah. how communication between production and and service programming direction and and you know the pastorate and like all these different pieces of it like how the communication would just be so much better there like I just I'm a huge fan of, of anybody that's willing to say, hey, let's create some open feedback area and where it's, it's an environment where it is, it is psychologically and mentally and emotionally safe for somebody to throw an idea out
0: yeah, that yeah. might
1: be wildly different than anything we've ever done before. Right. And that both the, the sender of the message or the request recognizes that it could get shot down and that yeah. that's not a personal attack on them. Right. And that the receiver of the request could receive it and be open to it and has, like, has a choice of what they want to do with it,
0: you know? Sure, yeah. Like, it
1: just, I don't know. That would just, I, I feel like that would revolutionize
0: how everything works. God, it's so true. You know? I have so many conversations with people and, you know, gear comes up and, you know, mm-hmm. the newest uh, whatever. And, and part of it is the longer you talk about, like, what are the keys to a successful production ministry at your church? Mm. It's what you just said. It's that it's trust. Yeah. It's I've got your back. You've got mine. Yeah. You know me. I know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not taking everything personally, but, you know, we're trying to do the same thing. Yes. Together yep. from different angles. Yep. And how do we relate to each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's I think so much of it rises and falls on that part of it. Yeah. And it's just it's not necessarily always a part of the conversation. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a unified vision. And like, yeah. what are we. you know, you said it.
1: Like, what are are we trying to do here? Yeah. Right? Take just what I desire out of this. Like, collectively, what's the vision for what we're trying to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. In ministry world, obviously, it's like, you know, make him known, make him great. Right? Okay. What does that look like specifically for us as we serve this community, as we serve the people who are going to be inside our doors, as we serve the people we're trying to get inside our doors and the way that we serve them? Yeah. Right? Like, what's the vision for what we're trying to do? And then how does my piece... And how does your piece, and how does this girl or guy's piece, and this girl or guy's piece, like, how does that all fit in to move toward the common vision, right? Yeah. It's like, what yeah. are we truly capable of beyond my desire for what I want to see happen, as yeah. it relates to your desire for what you want to see happen, right? We can bring those things sure, together, yeah. but like, we've got to come back to what's the central vision there.
0: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. And I think, too, there's some level of, like, if you have an idea, and I, I, I'm not sure it's going to work, and maybe... I'm not really sure if I can trust you or not. Mm-hmm. Just even to, for me to take the risk to, I'm gonna trust Trey in this moment. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Right. Instead of like, I don't trust him, I'm not doing it, especially in the world we live in today. I don't think we give each other enough space to be trusted. Right. You know, that we're not giving people a chance to come through. Yep, I agree a lot of times there's so much that I can do as an individual to Mm -hmm. make whatever my situation is better. Mm -hmm. I'm not a victim here. I have control over my choices and, you know, without spending more money or anything else being different, how can I be better for this organization? Right. Which I think would solve a lot of problems Mm -hmm. if everybody just like took responsibility. But at the end of the day, then if I take responsibility for my part, I'm still a part of a larger collective right. that ultimately I don't have any control. You know, I don't have control over mm-hmm. the culture because that's the senior pastor's world or my boss, who's maybe the worship leader. And so even just trying to figure out how can we impact the change yeah. being so low in the, the food chain of mm-hmm. culture creating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of always lean into like, I, you know, I don't know that there is an answer. Uh, I just think that there is a, there's an attitude. There's a posture that I think we can approach that. I mean, you, I think hit the nail right on the head. It's ownership of there may be things that I don't have control over. Mm -hmm. There may be things that I cannot make certain decisions that I, you know, my position or I can't make. There may be certain levels of trust that I haven't gained yet, but I think it's taking the ownership and saying, okay, if I look at, at who I need to become, Mm. who I like, how am I showing up currently? Right. Yeah. And am I okay with that? And how do I want to show up, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in my attitude, and my behavior, in the commitments that I make, and in my integrity, in the way that I love and advocate for others, you know, in the, the ownership that I take, in the energy that I bring to a particular situation, you know, like, who do I want to be in this environment? And then what comes out of that? You know, like, what do I want to do with that? What's yeah. the gap that's there? I think we have to recognize that there may be a gap there. But the issue is, and I think it's not just specifically this audience. I think this is just humans yeah. in general. I say all the time, yeah. people are gonna kind of people, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, anytime you have multiple people involved, there will be some sort of issue, you know. But I think yeah. that when we can take ownership of like who do I wanna who do I wanna be, how do I wanna show up so that I can bring the maximum value to this particular situation and this particular yeah. team, this particular group, to our vision. If people get really, really clear on that and then continue to revisit that over and over and over again, giving ourselves both grace, but then also like truth, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Recognizing where we might fall short, where there might be gaps for the standard that we set for ourselves.
0: Right, right.
1: I don't know. I just think that could be really powerful yeah. in a way that it sets in examples for others to do the same, which then does affect change. Right, I believe. yeah, right. You know, that kind of posture and
0: attitude, like it becomes contagious. Yeah, right. It's reminding me of Ryan Mm Leak at the last Global Leadership Summit. I I love listen. I love listening to that man speak. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's so good. (laughs) He he said, "What's it like to be on the other side of me?" Yeah, was one of his statements. I think that's so great. Like, how am I showing up? And what if I were on the other side of the table from this? What would I? Yeah. What would I feel? How would I respond? It's just so great. Yeah, I have held on
1: to and wrestled with that for a long time too. That's, you know, the world that I come from down in in North Point world, uh, you know, Andy Stanley, Jeff Henderson, I believe have both said very similar things to that. You know, like, what's it like to be on the other side of me when you put yourself in that person's shoes? Like, what's the experience that you are creating for that person and for those people? Yeah, yeah. And are you okay with it?
0: Right? Yeah, right. And and what are you going to do with it? Yeah, So one of the things that was fascinating to me, the firefighter, just fascinating to me, like, firefighter, what? I I was not (laughs) expecting that. So just from you telling it just now, it feels like that was kind of your main gig. Mm -hmm. And then you were sort of just picking up stuff. I have a neighbor who's a firefighter, so I know he's got like three day, 3 24-hour days on and then, you know, a bunch yeah. off. And so like, what am I gonna do with myself? In the, you know, that journey of firefighter, but then trying to figure out what you wanna be about, mm-hmm. was that something that you were just sort of like falling into those things? Or were you setting yourself up for, I need to figure out what my next thing is? Or we talked about a little bit, just the idea of being in our comfort zone. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier just to stay there right. than to try to, branch out and try new things. I'd just be curious, like in your own journey, like how did you think about those yeah. moves that you were taking? Yeah, did it feel like uncomfortable or, oh, this presents itself, I might as well do it. Yeah, admittedly,
1: and I'm not gonna say ashamedly, but <laughs> I, wish, I wish that I knew then what I know now. <laughs> For sure, yeah, right, yeah. And I, I say that to say, I wish I had been more intentional with those sure. with those steps and with those moves when that was happening. Right, right. I do not regret in any way, the experiences that I had and the different things yeah. that I tried, because at the end, I believe that they have created a lot of value for me. That's how I choose sure, to, yeah. to look at it and, and take those things. I can take every experience that I've had from a career standpoint, from a you know, part-time work standpoint and apply it to what I'm doing now, because I feel like I can relate in a lot of different worlds. Right. But I can tell you that when I was at the fire department, at least for the first five years, I thought that I was going to spend an entire career there. Okay. And so, uh, you know, both in my mind, I thought, man, I can excel here. And I was being told by, you know, lots of my colleagues, you know, Hey man, like you got what it takes to lead this department someday, you know? And yeah. so I believed it, you know, I believed like all the hype. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I think that as much as I'd like to say that those steps were intentional when I was, you know, Oh, I've got this opportunity. I'm going to do this or I'm like, they weren't really, at yeah, least initially. Okay. It was, hey, here's an opportunity to make a little extra cash. Here's an opportunity to do something fun and make some cash while you're doing it. And, but firefighting was my main thing. And about halfway into my career, I did 10 years full. uh, So about five or six years in, starting to talk with my, at the time, you know, newer wife, you know, we started kind of dreaming about what we wanted in life. And so that was when I turned on the intentionality and said, okay, what am I really passionate about? And then, let's look through that lens to either affirm or deny any opportunity that may show up, right? Got so it. if it fits okay. this inspire people to move toward what matters, okay, I'll consider it and then see if it makes sense for my family and the family that we want in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, and right. if it
1: doesn't fit that, then it's not even worth putting on the table. So okay. there was not a lot of discomfort okay. until I left the fire department. And at, at that at that point, that was when I got really uncomfortable. But also, <laughs> that was when I started to see the the most growth yeah. in myself and in my abilities and in what I felt like I might be capable of.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I would imagine that moment where you're like, all right, you know, I've got all these side things going on, and now it's time to quit my job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. <laughs> when that
1: that kind of came on quick too, because I you know I said the last four or five years, I knew. I'm going to do something different at some point. I just didn't, you know, I felt like you know, my wife and I would talk a lot about, you know, I feel like our, our finger is on the go button, but we just don't know, like, if it's time to push it yet and what, sure. yeah, what yeah. that means on the other side. Yeah. And it took me stepping out of work for a period of time. My son was born in November of 2012, Okay. our first kid, and I took two months off work. Oh, wow. And thinking through that right shortly thereafter, he was born was the was the the school tragedy that happened. Kind of one of the first big ones that we had had in our country. And I'm watching this and okay. anyway, just it, it, I think for the first time I had margin and room to really start thinking clearly about
0: sure. okay. what our
1: future might look like.
0: Yeah. And
1: so we went into 2013 saying, all right, by the end of the year, like I'm going to start the active job search and figure out what it's going to be. It could be sales. Okay. it could be marketing. It could be you know, something in business, whatever. I didn't know what it was going to look like. Sure, right. And so that was the decision in January. Interesting. And by April, I had a new job and was out of there. Okay. So All it happened right. really fast.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did it take you a while to adjust to, you know, leaving that place? Did you ever get to a place where you felt like, why did I do this? Yeah. To the previous conversation, there was a lot of comfort
1: that I had found working in the sure. fire department. Yeah. Both initially, just because I felt like I would found a home it met, you know, the things that I love the most. I got to basically, you know, a big part of my job was working out and staying fit. And so I was like, man, I get to do this at work. You know, this is great. Yeah. yeah right. So there's a lot of comfortability around that. And then you do it long enough and it's like, okay, like I know how to fight a fire. I'm learning sure, how to lead right. people. So this makes sense. So once I left and I'm on my way to this thing that I am very uncomfortable, I was a sales sales job in, in software sales. I, I'm great with people. I was uh-huh. really uncomfortable with how to sell well. And so every morning when I'm on my way to my job, which was an hour and a half drive to get there, I passed four different fire stations on my way to work. And I would look through the window (laughs) and I would just sit there going, I could go back. (laughs) I could go back. You know, there were a lot of uncomfortable mornings like that where I really had to wrestle with, did I do the right thing? Yeah. But ultimately it was, yeah, I know this is the right thing. I'm just going to have to sit in this for a minute. I would say it probably took me a good, uh, it was months, if not a few years before I felt like, not did I make the right decision or did we make the right decision? But before I felt
0: like I got some footing under me to at least have a direction to step in. Sure. So my, my life has been divided into like 10 year chunks. Mm -hmm. So I was at one church for 10 years and another church for 10 years and actually this is the 10th year I've been doing this phylo thing. Yeah. My identity is wrapped up mm-hmm. somewhat in what I'm doing, you know? So like yep. even asking you the question, like when did you stop thinking of yourself as a firefighter? You know, yeah, maybe, wow. maybe you haven't, but yeah. for you to be comfortable in some other skin. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think that's part of the fear of trying something new, of oh, doing sure. the unknown. Yeah. yeah.
1: Stop thinking of myself as a firefighter was almost immediate. Okay. All right. I think because I had lived for a good three or four years at least, and I know I'm going to do something different.
0: Got it. Got it. There
1: was a lot of thought and I just sat with it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So by the time I stepped out, I remember I cried the the night before my last shift <laughs> Okay. <All laughs> because right. it, yeah. it all became very real to me. I'm like, I'm about to sure. step away from something that I loved so much, you know? Yeah. But also, like I knew, this was the right step for me and my wife, and for our, my son, and for our family, and so yeah. The next day, driving away, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Something else, you know. Yeah, I, I got right. to cry it out a little bit, and then I'm I'm out. So <laughs> I think it was an immediate. Like I don't, I no longer see myself as a firefighter. I will say that still to this day, now having been out almost eleven years, there is a brotherhood. And, you know, brother community, we call it the brotherhood. There are a lot more women that are involved now, which is awesome. Yeah. We call it a brotherhood though. And there, there is that piece of community that's there that has never gone away and will always be there. You go through experiences and things that nobody else could ever fully understand. You see things, you you know, all that. Yeah, But yeah, the identity piece of it. You know, one thing that we, we teach a lot that we coach on a lot with, with our, our clientele is that very often we, we focus so hard on the things that we can do, right? Like, this is what I do. I do this. I do that. I do that. And which is fine. You know, there, we have to do things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But when you focus on that as a starting place, you know, we think, well, if I do this, right, then I will have whatever, you know, right. If I, if I excel in my job, then I'll get the promotion and then I will be this amazing thing. Right. You know, but it started with the do and the minute that that do, for whatever reason, goes away, you lose your job, you know, worldwide pandemic happens and you can no longer right. do your job, whatever, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. your being is attached to the doing, which is no longer there. So now it's this struggle of like, well, who am I? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we, we, we try to shift that around and say, okay, let's start with who I want to be. Yeah. Let's start with, with, again, how do I want to show up? Who do I want to be? Who do I need to become? Yeah. So that I then will do things based out of that. My behavior is based out of who I want to right, be. Right. And then I will have blank and blank and blank, right? I'll have right, great right. relationships. I'll have uh, the confidence to know that like my my relationship with God is great. I, you know, all of those things, but it all goes back to the being so that if the doing goes away for whatever reason, those things that we can't control, I'm yeah. still the same person. Right, right. right. And that yeah. requires work. That requires yeah, like being crap. willing to get in that
0: space, yeah, and right, that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did it wrong so for good. a long
1: time. Yeah. And, yeah. Long I mean, time. I
0: think it, if, if you're not thinking about it or aware of it, I think it's just so easy to just go through life doing the stuff. Yep. You know, I got a list to do today. I got a list to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming. Yep. Okay. Now I'm being intentional. I'm, yeah. I'm setting aside time to, okay, what do I w- want my life to be about? What mm-hmm. am I designed for? How do I do those things yep. and not the things I'm not good, you know, just, but so easy just to like get dragged along by life, which yep. that's how I'd describe 2023 for me. You know, it's like, I was along for the ride and, you know, yep. fell off the bus a few times and got run over. But if I'm not going to be intentional, then I'm just going to repeat the same thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Just who do you, who do you want to be yep. and do out of that? Yeah. Yep. So good. Yeah. I got a question about driving a fire truck. What's that like? Oh man! <laughs> Listen, did you ever drive like if, the back of the big ladder if, truck? If there, okay? I never got to do that. I never got to drive a tiller, but I
1: will say, if there is one thing that I probably miss more than anything, outside of missing the people that I work uh, with yeah, yeah, and, and that yeah. community and that connection, it was driving the truck. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. that was. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's cool, man. It's uh, you know, you're 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 driving. You know, tons and tons and tons of weight down the road. Yeah, blaring lights and sirens, and and weaving in <laughs> people and out, are getting of out of your way.
0: Yeah, yeah most you know, yeah. it's which. Yeah.
1: So, I, you know, one of the most fun things for me ever. This is, I don't know. Some people might choose to look at this a certain way. Uh, You know, we would get excited when we get a, a a call. You know, right, right. because now we yeah. did everything from you know we did fire, we did medical things and stuff. So recognizing and acknowledging, like, don't at me. Uh, you know, that like anytime we got a call, generally it was on somebody's like worst day of their life, potentially. Sure. Yeah. Right. right. So acknowledging that. Yeah. But from the standpoint of what we had trained for and recognizing that we can step in and help that situation with, with quickness, you know, one of the most fun things for all of us was always, you know, if you, you work at a big station, which I did for most of my career, Uh where we've got an engine which is the main you know pumper you know and then you've got a ladder truck and then you've got a battalion chief and you've got a squad that's you know equipment and utility and manpower and then you've got you know an ambulance that's there too so we've got five vehicles coming out of our station i'll never forget one night we were not only the five of our you know vehicles were there 14 of us that work at that station but then we had two other engines that were there for training right and we get rung out on a fire call which always requires a lot more equipment
0: you know? Sure, yeah, yeah.
1: So literally we've got like seven pieces of equipment all rolling out at the same time. And I was like one of the back vehicles I'm driving, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I'm looking at this train of like yeah, yeah. these vehicles, you know, racing off to, to this and like, you're like you just like you in that there's there's so much, I think, just pride and yeah. excitement in that moment of like yeah, yeah. we're we're gonna show up and we're gonna help you guys, whatever is needed. Yeah. And uh so yeah, it's it's to drive the truck is is an experience unlike any other. Especially when you're on your way to go and help somebody and, yeah. and, and go hopefully have a
0: positive effect on it. Yeah, it's interesting because we're called Philo, which stands for First In, Last Out, which yeah. is very much a firefighter kind yep. of thing. Yep. Which I always, and a Marines, uh, the Marines yeah. say it a lot. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, like it doesn't even compare to me. Uh, you know, the, my <laughs> role as a technical person, you know, I'm the first one there, I'm the last one out. But yeah, for what, you know, firefighters and Marines, you're the real Philo people.
1: Well, and to your point, you, you downplay it, obviously, but, I, you know, I'm a big believer in the, the fact that, you know, specifically for those involved in production, that's one thing as, as a person who has spent most of the time in, in any kind of, you know, event environment on stage, yeah. there's a lot of power that you guys wield in, in making yeah. things look great yeah. or, or the ability to or make not. the person yeah. on stage look really bad. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, you know, with that, I think comes from somebody. From my perspective, uh, I have, have always had the highest respect for. And again, this is because I come from a little bit of this world. Yeah. Like always, the highest amount of respect for everything that this community does. Yeah, literally, could not happen without you know. And as you said, first in, last out. When we do load ins for big stuff and all that, it's like I'll never forget my first summer <laughs> at big stuff because I was a, I was a contractor, you know, contracted okay. speaker and worship leader for years before I ever started on staff. So when I would show up in the middle of summer, I walk into a room that everything is up already. Like they've already been going for two or three weeks. There's screens, there's lights that, you know, everything is set in the room. And I walk in and like, whoa, this is amazing, you know? yeah, yeah. (laughs) Summer of 2018, I step into the building and I look in and like literally nothing's set up yet because we're getting there on day one of load-in. And I'm thinking – this is not what I'm
0: used to, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole event before this. Yeah, yeah. for five days yeah. prior to any of of the people that we
1: serve coming in the room, we had to get it there, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. and yeah. it's those. I mean, you know this this group of people, the hardest working, most genuine, down to earth, like get it done type of people. In ways that I'm like, I don't even know how you make, all, make sense of all this, Yeah, you, right. know? Yeah. you know, decimators yeah. and, and <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to throw out, I'm like pulling yeah, through a good one. words yeah, that, that I know, one. production <laughs> words, you know, that come from <laughs> decibels and, and, and whatever, you know, I don't know, yeah, switchers right. yeah. and fly packs and things, you know, like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
0: good stuff. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, so it's,
1: it's there's, there's, a, there's so much respect that I have mm. for this community and so much love I have for this community because the event world would not exist without yeah. it. So.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Looking forward to having you at the conference in May. Yeah. Uh, is there any way, like if people want to follow you or anything yeah. like that, do you have like Instagram information yeah. or yeah. anything that? Yeah. On
1: Instagram, I am just, it's at I am Trey McKnight. Okay. I am T-R-E-Y-M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T. Follow me there. That's, I haven't been super active there, but I'm, I'm, it's on my list to become more active. I just, I love connecting <laughs> yeah, with people. Yeah. So. So that's something that I don't post a ton right now, but really it's just because I'm trying to refine my message and figure out like what I actually want to say. You know, sure. I don't, yeah, don't yeah, want to just right? be
0: another voice out there. So yeah, there you go. So stay
1: tuned on that. More to come. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't know. Yeah, or
0: maybe right. not. I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> so if you don't want to follow him on Instagram, just come to the conference. And, that's right. Uh, come to uh, the conference, out. and
1: yeah. man, I you know email too. I mean, you can hit me up at uh, Trey. McKnight at novus.global, N-O-V-U-S okay. dot G-L-O-B-A-L, novus.global. Okay. And yeah, like I said, I love connecting, love interacting with people, and I'm excited to come and
0: see you guys. Yeah, sweet. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I love how conversations just sort of take on a mind of their own. You know, one of the things I've learned doing these podcasts is how important it is to listen versus trying to think of what I'm going to say next. And it happened a few times in the conversation with Trey where I was so interested in what he was saying that the next question came from that instead of just a list of questions I'd prepared. And I think it was a better podcast by staying curious. Just a good lesson for us in meetings or conversations with people on our teams to stay curious and to listen instead of just trying to figure out what you're going to respond bond with. I love Trey's personal mission statement of inspiring people to move to what matters to them and everything that flows out of that for him. You know, the idea of figuring out your own type of mission statement so that everything we do can be informed by that. I mean, it's so key for our roles as technical artists in the local church or just for life. Instead of going from project to project or event to event without thinking, you know, does this fit with who I am or what I want to become? I mean, I just think we would do ourselves a favor by asking this question of ourselves more often. I know for me, that's the case. And even though the technical director role can be kind of near the bottom of the org chart, we have control over how we respond in situations. I love that idea, you know, how am I showing up? How do I wanna show up? And these are really great questions to ask ourselves when we're interacting with others on our team or the leadership above us. I also loved his diversity of experience a firefighter. I mean, that's so cool. And when he said that he can apply every experience he's had to his current situation, you know, they all add up to who he is right now. And that's so true in my own life. And I think it's true in your life as well. You know, I can't imagine being where I am right now without all the experiences all along the way and, you know, to not waste any of them. Okay. Moving on. Don't forget, if you're listening in real time, today's the last day to get tickets at the cheapest price. Tomorrow the price goes up. And don't forget the code podcast10, all lowercase and the number 10. Also, for those of you who follow MXU, you've probably seen that they're hosting pop-up events all over the country. And I'm excited to be joining them for a few of those dates. And I'd love to connect with anyone who'll be there. I'm really excited for the opportunity for technical artists like you and me to connect with others in their own region and to be poured into by some people who really care about the health and welfare of those of us doing production work in the local church. So you can head over to getmxu.com slash popups and you can see all the cities and you can register there. All right, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Philo Community to keep up to date on everything getting announced about Philo 2024, which again is on May 7th and 8th. You can also subscribe to our email newsletter if that's a better way to stay connected for you. All right, thanks again for listening. Until next time.